and say, be encouraged. So encouragement um, oftentimes is not spoken of too much, but uh, it is uh, something that every believer needs in their life. Every believer, even Kenneth Copeland, even, you know, God rest his soul, Brother Hagen needed encouragement, believe it or not. And uh, so, so uh, all these mighty, mighty men and women of God that we would look up to, uh, they would need encouragement as well. Oftentimes more encouragement because they're at the front lines of the battle and the enemy has a target on them, if you will. And so all the more that they need to have in their lives uh, encouragers. So that would mean that all of us need encouragement. Amen. And uh, uh, we have the responsibility to encourage as well as we need a revelation that we need people in our life that will encourage us. Do you uh, know those people? Do you know who it is uh, that you have in your life that brings encouragement to you? Uh, it, it is, I believe that it's important uh, that this is not just a phone call. Phone calls are good and text, but there should be someone in your life uh, that would be in proximity, in proximity with you here and there along the way. Does that make sense? And, uh, of course, we know that uh, God created this being, you know, the all-knowing one. He is the only true genius across the board. That he created the church um, as an element uh, of that encouragement, if you will. Uh, certainly, uh, right now, as a, a pastor, I am encouraging you, and this is important. This is God's design, but it's not the end of your encouragement. Uh, that means that you don't just need me to speak to you. You need someone in your life who you can get around and just uh, get real with. Does that make sense? And uh, oftentimes, I don't know about you, has anybody ever thrown up on your friend? Not literally from your son, but just blah, that's life is just blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and if they're a good friend, they'll listen, but they won't let you stay in that mess. They won't let you hang out there, right? And uh, I like to have people in my life uh, that God talks to them uh, um, so that they can talk to me. Praise the Lord. And so that would mean they probably need to be saved. I mean, it'd be a really good thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay uh, because we need in, to have an influence in those who are without, those who are lost. We have an influence on them. But they can't be the people that you hang out with because the Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. Isn't that right? So we have our influence with them. We have our, our connection. We are commanded to go to them with the gospel. But that isn't probably the people that you're counting on to be your encouragers. Y'all with me? And they might be fun to, to play golf with. I don't know. But you know what? They just probably aren't the ones who are connected enough to get into your life what you need for your life. Praise the Lord. So I want to talk to you about the power of encouragement. I have encouragers in my life, and I'm, I, I, I express to them when they speak to me how grateful I am and thankful I am for them hearing from the Lord and, and from talking. And, and some of them are not so profound. They're just my friends. And I know they'll be there. They'll be there. 
I know they'll be there whether I'm right with God or not. That is such a, a, an awesome thing. Now, I'm not planning on leaving the Lord at any given time. But do you have anybody like that in your life? That it's not conditional? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That they got your back. And so we have to have these kind of relationships in our lives. And we can't allow the enemy to cut those off in any way. Because Satan wants to get you out away from those relationships so that he can destroy you. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you think uh, as the analogy of we being sheep, um, then, then uh, the wolves would be the primary enemy of, of sheep, wolves and snakes. And, and, but a wolf, they, they try to separate uh, the sheep from the flock because that's where the protection is, is in the group. In fact, if I were you, I'd work my way into the middle of the group. And so some of our personalities are that, that we stay right on the edge. We just barely want just enough of the group for its protection, but we don't like being smothered. But the safest place to me would be right in the middle of the whole gang. Right there in the middle. And we try to guard ourselves and protect ourselves oftentimes, and, and we just want nobody knowing our business. Well, what business are you afraid of us knowing? Praise the Lord. I have nothing to hide. <laughs> I tell too much half the time. Some people are like, oh, that's too much. Uh, thank you. I knew I'd get some encouragement right there. <laughs> see, see, I just got her to worship. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Obviously, you need to pray for her. She's my wife. Glory to God. And so, and so we're truly grateful for those people in our lives, including our spouses and, and, and all those outside, that will talk to us and encourage us and, and, and help us to live and walk this life that God's called us to live. And you cannot do it on your own. Not, not and have the significant effect on this world that God intended for you to have. Because this is the interesting thing also, is this book, uh, this book that he has given us, uh, we uh, ingest it ourselves, but there are elements and truths that God wants to get to us that he can only do through someone else. Amen. That you don't get it direct. You understand? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you ever gone to a fine restaurant? Had somebody else fix your food for you and bring it out and lie it before you and you ate that food and it took you into a whole other realm. Maybe I'm different than everyone else. I mean, I've eaten some food that makes you just want to speak in tongues. I mean, it's like, glory to God. What did they do to this cow? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. But I, I, for the life, I can't figure out what they did to it. Maylene, she, she lays her hands on food. And oh my goodness, she does some amazing things to salmon. So tender. And I'm just thinking, 
who is the angel that has brought this forth before me? And when I put that salmon in my mouth, I have an experience with God. Glory to Jesus. Woo! So she has uh, given to me something natural that, that, that will bless my body, but it's also affecting my soul. And so God has brought her into my life to have me experience something that I wouldn't otherwise have experienced. I didn't know that salmon could be so good. <laughs> and he surrounds us with all these amazing gifts that bring into our life a supply that otherwise could not have happened. And if you think that you are smart enough to know all the details of all the things that you need to have in your life, you better, you better wake up because God brings into our life peculiar people. Peculiar. Uh, Karen, she is peculiar. I love her so much. She just is so, just so honest. And she just comes with all these things about her. She just, rah. And you're like, whoa, praise God. I like her. And she, she brings to the table a whole different angle than other people. And, and I could go across this room and all the amazing gifts and all the amazing talents. I've told Mrs. Marcello I'd vote for her for president. This lady can start a football program with five children, a high school program. Half of them aren't in high school. I don't understand it. <laughs> She's fearless. We can do it. There's a piece of grass in the back dirt lot. We can have a football game. I just love being around people that refuse uh, the word impossible. Amen. They don't know impossible. I love that about Mrs. Marcello. She doesn't know uh, how to say we can't. She gets it in her heart. She gets it in her mind. And we are going to do this. Do you understand? I could go across the room. There are so many gifts, so many talents that God brings into our life. We need people to encourage us because there are things that you are lacking that you can get no other way than through divine relationships and divine encouragement. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. I would like to think that when people come uh, to me, they leave different than when they came. That they leave strengthened. Are you one of those type of people that when people come to you, they feel like you have added to them in some way? Now, don't get me wrong. Not all of our responsibility in the area of encouragement is pleasant. I better share a scripture. Let me get into the word real quick here. Praise the Lord. 
Hebrews 10.24. In Hebrews 10.24, it says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. To provoke unto love and good works. So this uh, word provoke, actually, let me do the word consider first. The word consider is kataneo, forget that. It's K-A-T-A-N-O-E-O. I'm sure I would mess it up if I tried to say it. But it's a compound word as kata um, and an N-O-E-O, which is noeo, I guess. The word kata depicts something that is moving downward. The word noeo from the word nos depicts the mind and means to think. When the two words are placed together, the new word means to thoroughly think something through or to ponder something from the top all the way to the bottom. It is the idea of mulling something over carefully, contemplating a matter, pondering and carefully looking at a particular issue or examining and fully studying a subject. Praise God. So we are to consider each other. Do you have somebody who considers you? Do you understand? That I consider, you know, surely uh, as, as a husband, I have to consider my wife. And uh, gentlemen, if you've been married very long, you probably have. I mean, if you're still married. Because if you haven't considered, then you are making somebody miserable. So, so I, I had to early on uh, decide uh, what is important to my wife, what freaks her out, which is pretty much everything. Yeah, she, she uh, doesn't want to uh, do anything athletic. Me, I'm fun-loving. You know, hey, let me give you a piggyback up the stairs. Get away from me. <laughs> I can't give her a piggyback anywhere, let alone up the stairs. <laughs> she doesn't want to walk fast, let alone run. And so, so, so I'm considering her and, and what, she, what she is, what she does, how she functions, and, and uh, learn how to dwell with her according to knowledge, as the scriptures say. So that, that scripture, incidentally, to dwell with each other according to knowledge would certainly apply that we are to understand each other all the way from the top to the bottom in order for us to encourage each other, in order for us to help each other, we are going to have to actually care about each other. And get out from here. This is an unselfish lifestyle God's called us to live. I want to be more concerned about your well-being than my own well-being. Shouldn't we, since the scriptures tell us to, consider others more important than ourselves? You're like, wait a minute. you got to take care of your own. Not scripturally speaking, because if you will be of the mindset that I'm going to be here to support my brothers and sisters, then it seems like you're going to be taken care of. Because why? Because now God's going to have your back. Your unselfish back. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the word provoke, if you will, uh, is, is actually the word Paroxysmos, which is P-A-R-A-X-U-S-M-O-S. I just say it's a Greek word and take my word for it. But anyhow, the word para means alongside. Um, and it carries the idea of being close. There you have that proximity again. That we are to get close enough to somebody that we can help them. Glory to God. Not just, you know, 
uh, it's, it's great, you know, that you have friends that live um, all over the world, and, and we want to continue to have our encouragement and relationship, uh, but the best is in your presence. The most impact is going to be those around. I moved away from all of my friends and family. Uh, as soon as I graduated high school, uh, a few months later, I'm gone to boot camp, never to return to my place that I grew up. And uh, uh, so I realized in, in, in just a few years how, how, it, how important it is uh, to be involved in the people that you're in proximity with. Do you understand? Because my family, bless their souls and hearts, I love them, but they can't supply to me anymore. Why? Because they are there and I am here. There is an element of supply. I really am thankful that I have a relationship with my dad. I'm, re- I'm thankful for that relationship. And, uh, and, and, and I, I do my best to keep in touch and call him and, uh, and to be uh, the good son to honor my dad. Do you understand? But I must have people with skin on in my face. Do you understand? So that means that you have been raised to a higher position because you are in my presence. Both my responsibility to you and yours to me becomes higher and more important and more crucial and more critical because I need for you to be the best you you could be so that I can do what God has called me to do. Because if you don't get the supply to me that I need from you, then I am lacking. And this is something I tell all those folks that are not in church right now. I tell them, you are are hurting us. We need you. We have a missing finger. (laughs) It's that critical. Can you imagine uh, if you could unscrew your hand and leave that um, at your house and go out about your day, how you would probably miss that thing? And so with the body of Christ, oftentimes people will just stay away. They won't, they won't come. But it, this isn't just about you. It's about you getting to us what you have inside of you. You have a supply. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and verse 16 says that each joint supplies. That's you. You are a, a member of his body. So, so it's, it's our responsibility. Uh, we use our faith, and we are a church, a, you know, a word of faith type of church where we believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and, and when we get built up in faith, we know we don't have to put up with sickness or disease or any type of that stuff. We know that when finances get tight, we get our faith on our finances, and we break that thing and cause that thing to change, and, and we bring into our lives and into our possession those things. But what if we use our faith to believe God to have in our life the relationships that we really truly need to be the great person that God intended for us to be, which would take us right back to, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, then learn to be a servant of all. Who are you serving? Who are you encouraging? Who are you supplying? The relationships that God has given you, are you being responsible for them? 
Now, Jesus had different levels of relationship. Can I just talk to you this morning? Is it okay? Now, uh, according to John, he said that he was Jesus' favorite. You don't get that from the other Gospels. So we'll just, let's just assume maybe he was like the closest to Jesus because he said so. And Jesus, we know, he knows that I'm his favorite. How many are Jesus' favorite? Everybody should raise your hand. <laughs> but yet, so John would lay his head on Jesus' lap. He loved Jesus so much, he was sure he was his favorite. But then there were the three. In the, in the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus changed, and, and they're all like, whoa, let's build three tabernacles. I mean, not everybody was on the hill, were they? So Jesus had the one, the three, the 12, of which one, we know, we were down one. And then he had the hundred, which was the disciples, of which most of them left him. But there was different levels of relationship, even for Christ. Wasn't that right? And so we can't uh, travel with the masses. We can't travel with the hundreds, but he traveled with the twelve. And maybe for you, it's seven or five. But there should be somebody that you're sowing into, that you're encouraging, that you're helping, that you're pulling along. I personally believe that we need somebody who's pulling us up, that's over us. We need somebody who's across, that we encourage and run together. And we need some people that we're pulling up. Those are different categories and groups of people in our lives. Praise the Lord. And I'm, I'm thankful and grateful for the, the simplest person, you know, maybe they're not real far along in their faith, but I've been so encouraged by new believers when they come into the house of God and, and they just come talk to me about how they love Jesus and nothing else matters and, and remind me where I came from. I don't remember when I was like that. That's encouraging to me. That changes me. So it doesn't have to be the great prophet, per se. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, this particular uh, verse could be translated like this. It's, and constantly be observing one another, seriously contemplating, studying, and examining each other until you know exactly how to incite and stimulate each other to love and good works. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's look in our Bibles at 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Talking about the power of encouragement. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11 it says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. 
Amplified says it this way, therefore encourage, admonish, exhort one another and edify, strengthen and build one another just as you are doing. And uh, so, so the church of Thessalonica was under great persecution. And uh, obviously, if people are being killed for their faith, if people are being um, persecuted for their faith, then obviously there is a great need uh, for comfort and strength and encouragement. Um, actually, when you get into the, the scope of encouragement, it would also involve encouraging people to live godly, just so you know encouraging people. So we don't just dismiss our brothers and sisters when they fail in some way. Does that make sense? That, oh, you've left the church program, you know. It's not like that. We don't bury our wounded. Uh, we we um, minister to their wounds. We minister to their hurts, their needs, and we encourage them. In fact, when you see a brother going out that way, heading towards the wrong, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, bag them, drag them. We're going to do everything we can uh, to get them back to the position where they can shake that off because the devil hates them. And, uh, and you know, we've had folks uh, around here that have failed and fallen, and then the devil tricked them into that. Then he condemns them for that, and you're just trying to tell them, we need you here. You're a part of this body. I need you to just shake that off. I need you to wash up, clean up, and just get back in your place. That, that's what we need. We need you to shake that off. So my encouragement is, don't live this way. Get back in the way that God called you to live. We love you regardless of, regardless of what you're doing. We love you. Now, I can't have you up here uh, on my platform seeing if you're living that way. So I need for you to just stop it. Stop it. Apply the blood. Get yourself aligned again. Get your head straight, your heart right. Get back in your place. And we've see, seen people, uh, you know, just fall hard and get back up and shake it off and never go back there. You know what? It doesn't matter what you've done. It's, it matters what you're doing. You understand? Don't get me wrong. There's things that affect you. You know, I know how many of us are in the room. We wish we wouldn't have done some things. <laughs> you know, I'll just raise my hand for everyone. God bless you. Everybody's like, I'm not raised. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> we have things, mistakes. The Christian sin is for us that we speak things about people that we shouldn't. We always think of the big sins, you know. But we need to provoke each other in the sense of, hey, let's not do that. Let's not talk about that or them. Let's do this instead. So we're provoking each other to good works. Praise the Lord. And uh, the wrong response for your brothers and sisters is, oh, oh, aren't you holier than everyone else? And you know that they've entered into a very dangerous realm right there when you're trying to encourage them, trusting that you're doing it in the love of God. This is our responsibility, you guys, not just to the lost, but to the saved, to warn the saved. And this is part of being an encourager. This is our responsibility. 
Praise the Lord. God's good. Hallelujah. Everybody's really serious in this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hebrews 3.13. It says, but exhort one another daily. How often? While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In the New Living Translation, it says, You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. And so, again, there we have it. Um, are there people in your life that you are um, making sure that uh, their life is in line with God? Anybody? Yeah, praise the Lord. And challenge those brothers. They don't have to go to our church even. I mean, you have a brother in the Lord that's, that's doing certain things, you know. And some of us, I mean, in my arena, I, you know, I, there's plenty of reverend do-dirties. I'll be like, bro, become a plumber. Stop pastoring. Don't live like this. Because, I, I mean, I'm actually concerned for their eternity. You understand? If, if you've ever read A Divine Revelation of Hell, yeah, there's some people who have, apparently. I mean, it is like, oh, my goodness. And this woman said that the greatest screams that she heard in hell were that of a preacher who did not preach the truth. I know uh, one person who had a, a near-death experience and came back to talk about it. They actually literally were in hell, and uh, they said they, they had seen um, a person turning over stones in hell and uh, asked, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for the preacher that told me I was okay. So we have an obligation not just in the pulpit, folks. Not just in the pulpit. We all have a responsibility uh, to be the embodiment of truth and to communicate truth to this world. Not our opinions, not our feelings, but the unadulterated truth of God's word. And to love each other unconditionally, it is our responsibility. I, I was uh, listening to a person um, who, who had a, a near-death experience, which I love these people's experiences. I mean, this, this particular girl was Jewish. They didn't believe in Jesus. She said she was a part of an, ortho, uh, not an Orthodox, but a, uh, I forgot what the loose Jewish uh, synagogues are called, but um, uh, she said that her rabbi was an atheist, which I'm like, Whoa. oh my goodness. So she rolls down a hill on a horse, ends up having an experience with Jesus, and uh, she, she said that she did not want to quit looking at his face because his face was just an embodiment of love that everything flowed out of him into her and looked through her. She said when, when she is in his presence, she said she had no more questions. There's no more questions because that we will know even as we are known. But Jesus said, you have to go back. And she's, she's a teenager. She's fighting with Jesus. I'm not going back. And she said he was all funny. He was really funny, she said, I, which really made me happy. Praise God. 
that you can be funny and saved at the same time. Praise the Lord. And so, so uh, he, he finally got real, real strong with her. And she's like, whoa, I guess I'm going back. And she came back. And her parents were just embarrassed, brought the rabbi to try and talk her out of it, brought people to counsel her. But she, um, one of the things she said is she uh, doesn't have a responsibility to tell people about this, only if they ask. And that is absolutely not what God's word tells us. Do you understand? We have a responsibility, both to the sinner and the saved. We are not able to just sit on our blessed assurance. Do you understand? You have a responsibility. You say, Pastor Andy, I'm really not that outgoing. I don't feel like I have much to offer. You have everything to offer. You have everything to offer if you're saved. This peace that you have, he didn't give it to you to hold on to it for yourself. He gave it to you to give away. This joy that you have. This is not just for you. And God's anointing and his power rests on you to be an encourager. Do you understand? So when we go out from here, before we even leave our place in the pew, we don't go out without immediately starting to give out. Praise the Lord. Amen. All of it. All of it is encouragement. Say, hey, girl, come here. What's up? Oh, my gosh. How's everybody? It's so good to see you. This is encouragement, believe it or not. It's not the end of it, but it's definitely a part of it. Amen? Praise God, you look so good. That's encouraging, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now, Karen, she might say, girl, did you, did you iron that? I don't know. She might tell you. She might tell you the truth, you know. I appreciate it, actually, to be honest. I used to have, there was a lady in our church, I couldn't come into the room without her fixing something on my clothes. <laughs> She'd be straightening up my suit and pulling stuff and like, you know, you know, my collar and, you know, that's why, man, I, I, but it helped me because I, who wants to go through that every time you come into the room? I'm just like. You're like, what's she going to do next? You know, no, I got it. You know, you know. <laughs> so, so Hebrews 13 says to warn each other every day. Praise God. And uh, we are all very familiar with Hebrews 10.25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see uh, the day approaching. Amplified is a favorite. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. So we've, we've spoken of this scripture. It's a favorite of mine um, that says that we... Uh, the responsibility of the scripture really is on us, the church, uh, that uh, we are to provoke each other, encourage each other uh, to be in God's house. Uh, when we run into people, especially those who are of our company and of this family, that we are to reach out to them. And uh, for those, there's people online that are unable uh, to come to church, okay? Uh, that we understand. They're unable to come. In that sense, we have a responsibility, guess what? To go to them. 
because they can't get into this atmosphere, which is of utmost importance. So we have to go to them. Uh, Brother Daryl, man, he just goes all over the valley. Going to, I mean, I, I go to a hospital visit. He's been there three or four times before I even get over there. He's standing there when I come. I mean, I went to the hospital the other day. There's Daryl in the foyer. Hey, Pastor. I'm like, oh, great. I don't even have to know where it is. Just follow Daryl to the room. That's a gift of encouragement. And even though Brother Daryl, he'll, 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 he, he talks and messes with you and, and tells you how stupid you are, right? He's, but for some reason, I don't know how he gets away with this, you know? It's very encouraging somehow in some weird way, you know? But you know that he's loving you in his way. And uh, um, if, if anybody has ever visited the church, they know Daryl. They don't know the pastor. They know Daryl. And so there's a gift of encouragement there. And uh, so, so we can, uh, you know, you can start heading that way. You don't have to go there. That's, that's out there. You know, he's way out there. Way out there. In your face. Has no sense of personal space. Yeah. We're, we're thankful he's wearing a mask sometimes. Praise God. Yeah. But it's the gift of encouragement. We appreciate Daryl. So let's give Daryl a big hand. He's such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, we love him so much, and uh, he has been such a great support to this family. We appreciate it. So we are to be telling everybody this, though. If you can, if you can go to Walmart, you can go to church. And so, so we encourage people to come. Get in God's house. Get back in God's house. To encourage them. Come. This is what the Scripture is telling us. All the more. Jesus is coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's coming. Praise God. And uh, so we are to, to encourage them. They say, well, I, I just have been stiff, or I've got this, i got that. You're talking to them while they're at Walmart. Uh, you lay your hands on them and say, see you in church. Yes. See you in church. We're expecting you to be well enough to be able to come and join us because we need you in, his, in, the, in the house of God. I need you to be a part. I need you to influence and, and minister to me. I don't want to sound selfish, but, but I need you to be there. Does that sound like something we all could do? Praise God. Be an encourager. Glory to God. In 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.14, it says, Now we exhort your brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Glory to God. Everybody say, God help me. Praise the Lord. To be patient towards all men. This is a tough one, isn't it? Praise God. Sometimes people that we know in our lives uh, make us want to low crawl through the store when we see them. You understand? Just uh, or hide in the clothing rack. You know, you're like, "Oh Lord Jesus, there's so and so." Oh my God! And uh, but this is actually a very big mistake for us. I I I know that there are many times where I'm busy about my days, and especially like I have like one day that I have off, so so I can be sometimes protected. But I've learned just to give that up. And know that God will bring people, and it's not always church people either. It's someone, though, someone who's hurting. And I just can't shut this off. I can't shut this off. I've tried to shut it off. It won't shut off. And so I know that if I'll give myself to, to whoever God has brought before me, that God will always make up. My time will always be used as it should. And he'll take care of what really needs to take care of for me. You understand? God has your back. If we'll make love a priority, 
and encouragement of priority, then the body of Christ will be supplied. And our community will be blessed. And word of life will be known for a people that help its community. Don't we want to be known for that, you guys? That we're not a certain kind of way. That we only care about us four and no more. But we want to be a people that reach out to the world. Praise God. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray.